All right, before I get to my next guest, David Lee, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. Now, folks, as you heard me say all last year, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan Iron since maybe the 80s or the 90s, do yourself a favor. They've got a demo program, so you can get a demo iron from either their Fort Worth, PTX Pro, or Edge Irons. You can take it out on the range and compare it to whatever it is you've got. All Ben Hogan wood, irons, and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. So no mass production, no shortcuts. You can order custom-made wood, irons, and wedges by going online to BenHoganGolf.com, and they're going to build those clubs to your specifications, and best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. So go check out their complete line of golf equipment, bags, and accessories online at BenHoganGolf.com. To play a ball with ultimate spin and stopping power, you need a physics-defying cover with molecular bonds that stretch but don't break. To play a ball that goes far and feels soft, you need a fast-layer core with incredible feel and maximum distance. And they're only in the new Z-Star and Z-Star XV golf balls, and they're only from Strixon Golf. This segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger, lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet. The winningest grip on tour. Grip confidence. Grip golf pride. All right. Now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is David Lee. Let me give you a little bit of background on David. He was introduced to the game at the age of four by his grandfather. As a teenager, David won the Arkansas State High School Golf Championship, played his college golf at the University of Arkansas, where he was captain of the team. He joined the PGA Tour in 1970. He has dissected the golf swing and has developed a different philosophy in his approach to the swing than anybody. And you can find out about it. It's called Gravity Golf. Go online to check it out at gravitygolf.com. And I'm very honored he is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, David, Chris Mascaro here. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me. David. Going back to when you first started playing the game, talk about your grandfather and how he got you started. <laughs> well, he got me started when I was four years old when Hogan's second book came out, The Fundamentals of Modern Golf, came out in, a, I think, a five-part series in Sports Illustrated. And he couldn't wait for the next edition to come out. He would get me in his living room and twist me into all these positions. and putting my elbows together and my knees together and got my hands on the club as recommended by the by Hogan. And he would get me in all these positions, tuck handkerchiefs underneath my arms, and then he'd <clears throat> tell me, all right, move. And i go, but, Pa, I can't move from here. I'm stuck. <laughs> and he would yell at me, and he'd go, move, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can hear his voice like it was yesterday, I swear to you. And that's been <laughs> that's been seventy one years ago for me. So Wow. Yeah, he and I I started off under the influence of that book as have so many people. And I mean I always admired Hogan's perseverance and his dedication to practice and he just had incredible level of discipline and a great desire to 
overcome the things that he did in his life, which were considerable, and still became one of the best players of all time. It was later, you know, the, my influences over my golf swing when I was young were not only Hogan, but Arnold Palmer. Palmer was about 14 years older than than I am, and I grew up. He was my hero and always thought he was a fantastic individual. And when I was older, had the opportunity to know him and work with him. I've never met anybody in the game that was a better gentleman than Arnold. David, that the swing that you learned from Mr. Hogan's book and that your grandfather mm-hmm. worked with you on, but it, it, it certainly worked well for you. I mean, it worked well through high school and college. It, it got you to the PGA Tour. And, and as I was reading your bio, you were always a kid that liked to tear things apart and tinker with them to learn how they work. At what point did you decide that, you know what, maybe this swing isn't the best way to do it. Let me tear it apart and start over. I spent four years on the PGA Tour, 70, 71, and 72, and then I left for a few years, went back in 77, had a bad hand injury before the season started in 77, thought my left wrist was only sprained, but actually I had fractured uh, one of the small bones, the lunar navicular bone in the middle of my left wrist, and played all year just taking any inflammatory drugs. I had the had the hand x-rayed in San Diego before the Andy Williams tournament in 1977. And the doctor that looked at me x-ray on Friday afternoon at 4.30, he was ready to bolt and missed a hairline fracture in there. And I played all year with a broken hand and the bone wound up dying. So I went for a period of six years after that where I could barely lift a water glass with my left hand. And during that time, you know, it it stopped my playing career just when I was becoming a very good player. I got into doing swing research full time at that point and have been doing it ever since. I also (laughs) read that you, you spent some time fishing with Mickey Mantle. And that led to some light bulb moments for you to try some things differently. Do you mind sharing that story? No, I'd be glad to. In, in uh, 1973, I had taken a job as a production manager for a fishing tackle company in Nashville, Tennessee, called Zorro Bait Company, and they made spinner baits. And I had just made a tackle box full of spinner baits uh, for for Mickey Mantle, and I was out on the uh, practice tee that afternoon because I had won my sectional PGA championship at the end of 1972, and I was exempt to play in the PGA championship at Canterbury uh, the following summer. And I was practicing at Richland Country Club in Nashville. Uh, My good friend Joe Taggart allowed me to come out there and practice, and I was talking to a doctor one afternoon or that afternoon, and we started talking about baseball, and he said, baseball players stride into the ball when they hit it. And I said, yeah, yeah, they do. And I stepped up and made a swing where I actually put my feet into motion, just like a baseball hitter. It was the first time in my entire golf life of, oh, 25 years at that point in time where 
I moved the golf ball where my footwork was quick enough to get my body mass to the golf ball before my arms and shoulders got there. I had fought with a fought with a hook going at it like Arnold with the, my shoulders and arms. I had fought with a hook for long, long time, for years, trying to block the hook out like Arnold did. And that afternoon, I stepped up, made the swing with my feet in motion, and my body mass got the ball first, and the ball flew just like a bullet, as straight as an arrow, was not even thinking about hooking, had a completely different sound. And this is exactly what I had seen when I was on the tour in the first three years of the 70s. I used to watch uh, Nicholas and Trevino and Tom Weisskopf hit golf balls all the time, and their golf ball never looked like it wanted to go left. It had a totally different sound than mine. And I'd ask them how they got that kind of solidarity and ball flight, and they just look at me and shrug their shoulders and go, well, that's just the way we hit it. And I thought, well, you guys are keeping a secret. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> and later on, I had the opportunity to work on Jack and Trevino uh, fairly extensively, and I later found that it wasn't that they wouldn't tell me. It was that they couldn't. They had stumbled into the feeling of moving the golf ball with their body mass instead of their strength. And it fat, you know, the way they hit the golf ball fascinated me and I was determined to learn what they were doing. But until I hit golf balls with my feet moving, I never had the timing in my body to do it. Arnold swung the golf club in a one-one timing where his shoulders and arms went back with his weight shift and came down as he shifted back to his front foot. Jack and Trevino had their weight shift complete to the right foot and back to the left foot by the time they complete the shoulder turn. Then they just they land against their front leg, deflect to an off-vertical position, just like a rotary place kicker in football. And that counterfall releases their entire core mass against the golf ball. They hit the golf ball with every pound in their body that's underneath their head compared to the way most players hit it with just the strength of their shoulders and arms. They beat their core mass to the golf ball, and that's why they have to work so much harder. If you watch various tour players hit the golf ball, some of them look like they're barely swinging, and others look like they're jumping out of their sock. And the ones that have that swing with the least amount of effort have a perfect partnership with gravity. They've learned, even if they didn't learn it intentionally, they have developed the feel of doing it. Most people in the modern era who have learned to swing that way uh, have developed it and developed it from watching Jack because he was the he was the person that I learned it from from watching his golf swing. Trevino had a bigger reroute, so I wasn't trying to copy him. But Jack stayed fairly close to the plane. A gravity player swings in a in a two-plane swing where the down plane is underneath the back plane. But they hit the golf ball. You, If you watch Freddie Couples, he uses no more than he, he uses no more than half the effort that most people use when they 
when they hit when they strike a golf ball. In fact, Freddie doesn't hit the golf ball at all. His golf swing, golf swings of modern day gravity players, according to the rules of golf, are not legal. How? You know that? Huh? No, that's I'm curious how. Well, you ask people from the USGA about the rule book and they'll tell you they pride themselves on the fact that every word in the rule book means exactly what it says. And the rule book says that the golf ball must be fairly struck at. Freddie doesn't do that. In Freddie's mind, at the top of the backswing, the ball's not on the ground. It's on the end of the club. And all he does is makes a counterfall, which is practically invisible to the camera or the naked eye. And he just drops his arms in the rotation of his body, slings the ball from the club. There is absolutely no intent whatsoever to make a union between the club and the ball. He, he throws the ball. He doesn't hit it. The pickup of the ball, path of the swing. You could put a sack over Jack's head, and he could hit the ball just as well as he could looking at it. Because all he does is make them. He, he makes contact with the ball when he takes his stance. And then he just heaves his arm, sets it into motion, heaves his arms, turns back, weight moves back to the front foot, he deflects into the counterfall, and just drops his arms and the turn of the body slings the arms. Pick up of the ball so that's, completely incidental. That's interesting. I mean, I'm trying to follow that, but but one of the things that I, I'm I'm hearing you say, David, is Kind of the use of, of their core, and correct me if I'm wrong here, especially when we talk about someone like Freddie or, or Ernie else, they use the core muscles to kind of sling their arms through. Once they've gone through in the backswing, when they're coming down in the downswing, they're just sort of slinging their arms through, picking up the golf ball along the way and launching it off the driver. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. It's as if the ball were not even, it's as if the ball were not even there. Yeah. And the gravity, the gravity swing that they use is a combination of, of two illegal moves in the golf swing. You can't scrape the ball by dragging the club along the ground. You can't spoon it by putting, you can't take one of your, like taking an eight iron or something and put it against the ball and then have no backswing and just throw it forward. So, so the the rule so David, book obviously I, should be amended to just to say with intent of advancing the ball. Yeah, interesting. So, David, one of the one of the other things that I think, and if if I've read uh, read your uh, stuff on your website again, gravitygolf.com, and understood it correctly, um, I think where a lot of us go wrong is we have a lot of tension. In, in our swings because we're trying to hit it so hard. You mentioned a, a moment ago, you know, some guys look like they, they swing easy and that's the, the Freddie couples and Ernie L's. And then you've got guys coming out of their shoes like Justin Thomas, uh, almost literally coming out of his shoes when he's hitting the golf ball. So a lot of us are trying to get club head speed and we're trying to use our muscles in our arms and we're choking. We got a death grip on the golf club because we're trying to hit it so hard. And that's really where we go wrong, isn't it? Absolutely. When you tighten your arms coming down, if if you do it even slightly early, it diminishes the speed of your core, doesn't increase it. So that if you're going to use a combination of power sources where you use gravity and core rotation 
and your shoulders and arms, which is what a lot of the long drive guys do. They try to use every available power source in their body. They use their core mass. They use their feet turn their body. They use their shoulders and arms, and they use their hands at impact. And it's a nightmare to time everything up, but they only have to hit the grid one out of eight times. Right. It's a completely, this long drive is a different sport than playing professional golf. The only similarity is the fact that you use a golf club and a golf ball. So, David, for, for those of us that are that are struggling a little bit because we're hitting the ball to the right, we've got a slice or we're blocking ourselves out, is that a result of too much pressure, too much grip on, you know, gripping too hard on the golf club? How do, how do we kind of get ourselves back to hitting the ball down the center? Well, anytime you block it off to the right or slice it, that's an indicator of a tension increase in the wrist late in the downswing. If you tighten early in the downswing, you'll come over the top of it and dead pull it. Or if the face is open, you can hit a big slice. If you start, if you allow your arms to drop and if you've gripped it properly, if you just turn your body and, sl- and allow your wrist to relax, see the freedom in the, in the downswing has got to be in the wrist. And if the wrists are free, the hands and will release, the right hand pronates, the left hand supinates, the club head pronates, and covers the ball. It's just like a pitcher throwing the ball. He has to have his have his fingers curved around the baseball. If he tried to throw it with his with his index and middle finger straight, the ball would roll right off the end of his fingers. Gravity players, players that use their body mass to lead the swing, have to have the club slightly trapped at impact, like the just like a highlight player has a curve in the sesta. Otherwise, the he couldn't control the trajectory of. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's the same David, same could... principle that caused the rotary place kick to overtake the straightaway kick. You're, I don't know how old you are. How old are you? I'm 54. I remember the straight on place kickers. All right, well, let's see, that was one of the fastest changes in sport technique in history. These little European soccer uh, kickers were coming in, and they were two-thirds of the size but could kick the ball further and straighter than the than the guys like Tom Dempsey and uh, Lou Grosen and Blanda and the guys that, you know, that kicked with a straightaway kick. The reason it changed so fast was because the physics of it are better. Can You can see those guys, when they land on their plant foot before they kick, they, they land right. and flop into the counterfall, and then they kick it with the weight of their entire body. A straight-on kicker just kicks it with the weight of his leg. Good point. That's an interesting point. David, just uh, a couple more before I let you go. And, and uh, you've mentioned Lee Trevino and Jack Nicholas. You've also got... Uh, some great accolades from uh, Chichi Rodriguez, so much so that Chichi, Chichi said you might be the best teacher that ever lived. Talk about getting to work with Chichi and uh, how much something like that means to you, some of that feedback. Well, I've worked with Chichi a great deal, uh, basically starting in about 1990. I started working with him then. He won five tournaments on the senior tour that year, and 
Chi-Chi has seen a lot of my students and how quickly they develop. We take a total beginner of any healthy adult that knows how to practice properly can have themselves at professional level distance within 60 to 90 days. And that only, and it takes them about 10 or 12 minutes a day of practice, uh, for about four days a week. But you have to understand how to practice correctly. You go out there and just try to hit the ball with the strength of your arms and shoulders. You can stand there till the day hell freezes over and you'll never hit one golf ball like Freddie Couples because that's not what he's doing. Most people, 90, I would say at least 96 or 7, maybe 98% of everybody that plays the game has some level of tension increase in the arms coming down where they actually flex their muscle. Freddie just, his arms drop as softly as if he just let his arm relax and just dropped it in his lap. So, David, how can our listeners, I mean, there's there's a lot of technical stuff in in, uh, the things that you've talked about. I think it's You've got some great videos out there. You got some great stuff out on YouTube. How can our listeners find out more about Gravity Golf and learn more about the things that you're teaching? They can go to gravitygolf.com. Uh, my son has just completed the work on uh, uh, a new book that we've done together that is a, a 50-something lesson book called The Gravity Golf Challenge. Any of your listeners can, uh, and we also, uh, do online instruction. He does that, uh, a great deal. They get a, uh, 50% discount on their first month of instruction online. And there's a coupon that's, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the, uh, I read it earlier tonight. We just finished moving from Florida to South Carolina and I'm, I'm about to go face down. I think it, uh, I think coupon code is next on the first tee. Right. So, Very cool. Yeah. They can, uh, anybody that is interested in understanding gravity golf should go, go right online. And we've got a ton of stuff on there. We've got a bunch of stuff on YouTube and, uh, the science is fascinating. You know, one thing that makes golf really difficult for people is that golf is a very, um, multi-discipline sport. There's a, there's a great deal of physics involved that are simple physics. They're not complex. There's a ton of physiology and there's a great deal of geometry involved. And there's also the voodoo science, which is psychology. So you, <laughs> I don't know a great deal. I probably know more about physiology than any of the four sciences, but I've got 70 plus years of playing golf so we're doing some really cool things in fact uh we finally about three years ago i've been doing research on the yips for uh 42 years and finally figured out exactly what causes the yips and how to fix and we can fix the yips in 30 minutes in anybody wow all right so <laughs> there's a something we next could time. Talk, we could we could talk about that the next time and i'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what causes the yips and how to fix them. That is definitely a great topic for next time. I we got to get we got right. to that soon. All right, well, David. I, I can't you. thank you. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. You've been fantastic. Hopefully, we can get that. We can get you back on the show again real soon. Very educational tonight. 
Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, having me on and enjoyed visiting with you. Same here. David, have a great night. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. See you, David. That is David Lee, gravitygolf.com. Go check it out. I got to get him back on the show just to talk about the yips piece because God knows I could certainly use some tips with that. 